When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. What's also very weird is I now think of this show every time I shower in the mornings, <laughs> which is just <laughs> so weird. bizarre. It's just a bizarre experience. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We are keeping you updated on all that is the madness of March. Not a ton of madness today in the madness of March, actually. So far, it has been a day for the favorites. Right now... In the second half, Purdue still down one point to Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue, of course, a one seed today. So if FDU can pull this off, that would be a very, very monster upset. The one upset straight up of the day so far was Pittsburgh over Iowa State. Pittsburgh beat Iowa State 59-41. to That was an 11 seed over a six seed against the spread they're six and two in terms of the favorites, but so far the favorites seven and one straight up, Joe. Yeah, not a lot of intrigue so far today. Creighton handled their business by nine points. They cover the five and a half against NC State. UConn blows out Iona after a very close first half. Providence and Kentucky are interesting. Wildcats laying two and a half. They've got a seven point lead, so that should be a tight game in the second half. It all comes down to this Purdue game for now. Can Fairleigh Dickinson, the shortest team in all the tournament, compete for 40 full minutes and possibly more against the number one seed in the East region in Purdue who features a 12-foot monster in Zach Eady, your college basketball player of the year? Fascinating developments. Fascinating to see these one struggle. A lot of times, this is why if you like underdogs, you bet them in the first half of the tournament because over the first 20 minutes, they can capitalize, and then we see them get left in the dust later in the game. That happened to UC Santa Barbara earlier. It happened to Kennesaw State earlier. It happened a little bit yesterday. Let's see if Fairleigh Dickinson can buck that trend tonight. So some games coming up our way. Providence, Kentucky, that game. Uh, well, the, wait, does that get him underway? No, that game seven, is at halftime. That yes. game is at halftime. Well, <laughs> my ticker. Glad you listened to the last time. 30 seconds of what I uh, literally yes, just said. Yes, Providence, Kentucky. Got it. Drake, <laughs> Miami, Grand Canyon, Gonzaga today. All those yeah. games about to tip off. Florida Atlantic and Memphis later tonight. Montana State, Kansas State later tonight as well. Kent State, Indiana, and finally, Arizona State, TCU, the very late game tonight. So while we are on air, we will keep you updated on the developments as they come. Joe, Let may me do throw a one thing job. your way real quick. Let me yeah, throw one thing your way say, real You quick. might do a better job than me because apparently no, you're, you're more great. up to speed here. I'm juggling a lot great. over here. I am a degenerate gambler. I am going to be on top of this more than you. It's impossible for you to be on top of this more than me. So do not worry about that at all. 
As a Miami Law School graduate, mm-hmm. I rarely mm-hmm. hear you talk about the Hurricanes the way you talk about the Gators, your undergraduate school. Like, you're in the dance here. I haven't heard you mention them once. I actually picked Drake right in your face. You didn't even say anything about it. I didn't say anything about it, although I did think while you were doing that, that was during a pizza money. We came out of that. We went immediately into imaging for the next segment, so I ended up not commenting on it. I did Fancy think coming out of that, are. if you are right then my bracket will be very, very wrong because I do have the Canes uh, and I have the Canes going past this round. I actually have the Canes going past the first few rounds, I believe. I would have to look at my bracket again. I've been high on the Canes. I spent a long time, obviously, down there. I think Jim Laranega is a fantastic coach. Yes. I'm excited for that program. I know Canes fans are incredibly excited for what that team has been able to do. I am not a Canes fan. I am a Gators fan through and through. Things have not gone nearly as well for my Florida Gators, particularly since ever since the departure of Billy Donovan. So it's, it's been a dark decade uh, for my team. But I feel good about the Canes. I feel good for the Canes. I'm just not a Canes fan. Like, it's hard to go from why. Gators to Canes. I mean, I went there for law school. I was there for 20 years covering the University of Miami in many different capacities and down no there in broadcasting. I lo- like I like them. Like, I like the program. I feel good for it. If the Gators aren't in the dance, then, then sure. Like, keep dancing canes but i no i mean there's only so far my affection goes like i i spent my entire childhood hating them with a passion mm, okay just i just wanted to get to the bottom of that it was i just, have, it was I good have law no school I, I mean florida's a better law school but i didn't want to move back to gainesville by that point in my life so it was just a different thing i i wanted to go to miami law instead it, you know i was almost 30 when i went to law school it was a better place to be and Still yet down here in the sewers with me and james down here in the sewers, here yeah, James. Here, here you are. Uh, here you are. So all this fancy education, and yet here you are. <laughs> here you are. So a team that Miami played recently in the ACC tournament was Duke. Let's talk about the Duke Blue Devils. That's how I you do a segue there. Duke, uh, big win in the ACC. Breezed through that ACC tournament. Um, each and every game also breezed through so far this NCAA tournament as well. Seventy-four fifty-one over Oral Roberts. You thought Duke was going to struggle. That was one of your upset alert games, or at least against the spread, right? And Duke so far has just been dominating. Are we sleeping on the Duke Blue Devils? It's a bit of an understatement to say that I have slightly misread this Duke Blue Devils team up until this point. They have won 10 straight. I think I have been against them in all 10 of those games. I am of the belief that the ACC is overrated. That has not been proven wrong. Virginia was upset yesterday. NC State did go down today. So the ACC take appears correct so far. But me being anti-Duke has not gone very well. They've been awesome. I liked Oral Roberts yesterday. Duke kicked their teeth in in that game, as all of you continued to update me on the score in the break, as if I didn't have it on my own TV because you were all enjoying me going down in flames on that. And I appreciate that as well. I think we're overlooking how good they are on defense. I mean, damn. They held Oral Roberts to 51 yesterday. Virginia in the ACC final, 49 points. They beat Miami before that by seven. They smacked Pittsburgh by almost 30 before that. They beat North Carolina in a game everyone liked North Carolina in at the end of the regular season. They've just been trucking everybody. So right now, given that bracket and Purdue being a vulnerable one, and I'm saying that not even in regards to Fairleigh Dickinson. They were vulnerable coming in. There's a reason why everyone seemed to like Duke in that region. And there's a reason they might get paid off on that because that defense has been electric for the Blue Devils. 
Fairly Dickinson right now still up on Purdue, by the way, 39-36, to 15-15 left in the second half. So Duke moves on to play Tennessee tomorrow. That is a 2.40 p.m. Eastern tip. I would say a lot of people have been down on the Duke Blue Devils this year. Maybe they will surprise us all in this tournament. Uh, Duke, a 5C, Tennessee tomorrow. They're taking on a 4 seed in this tournament. Coming up next, is Derek Jakar or Jimmy Garoppolo set up better for individual success next season? We're going to argue it out. Argue to the death, we like to say here on Joe and Amber. Yeah. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We are going to duke it out. And by duke it out, I mean argue. And by argue, I mean have a civilized debate amongst friends here on Joe and Amber. We're going to put our law degrees to the test. That is what we do here on Joe and Amber. I normally win every once in a while. James lets Joe win. We'll see how Mm. it goes today. Before we get into any of that, though. Joe's going to try to win you a little bit more money. This is hopefully where he does, in fact, win every time. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Big UFC card in London, England tomorrow. ESPN Plus. This card starts early. Main card, 5 p.m. Eastern. That's a couple hours earlier than normal. Actually, it's like five hours earlier than normal. So pay attention. Two bets here. Main event. Rematch, actually the trilogy, Kamaru Usman taking on Leon Edwards. If you remember, Edwards getting dominated in their last fight back in August at UFC. I want to say it was 278. His back's against it. He nails Usman with a head kick, knocks him out, and wins the title. I do not see that happening again. I'm going to lay the minus 240 for one unit with Kamaru Usman. Mentally, you got to be ready to go into a rematch with a guy who just knocked you out. Some people... 
handle that situation with trepidation. Some people go in in a very different manner. I'm backing Usman, his mentality, and his wrestling skills. He dominated the ground in the last time with close to 10 minutes of ride time. He's going to get it done here. I'm going to lay the 240. In addition, co-main, the people's main event, Raphael Fiziev taking on Justin Gaethje Fiziev by TKO, KO, or DQ plus 150. These two are going to stand in the middle of the ring. They are going to trade. And at the end of the day, I think Gaethje goes down. I know he's very popular amongst UFC fans, but I mean, you know, his big wins are against Tony Ferguson and Cowboy Cerrone when those guys were kind of past their prime. And maybe a little bit already 34 years old against a 30-year-old Raphael Fiziev by the knockout, plus 150, and Kamaru Usman, minus 240 over Leon Edwards. Those are your two UFC 286 picks for tomorrow. All right. It's time to state your case. Welcome to Jury Duty. This is Jury Duty with Joe and Amber. This is Jury Duty with Joe and Amber. Jury Duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cordell and Cordell. We bring in James Steele. He is the judge. He is the jury and sometimes the executioner. Things get weird here on Joe and Amber. Welcome in, James. Yeah, I mean, if you guys argue to the death, then I don't have to be the executioner. So uh, That's a good point out of you, actually. Mm. All right, yeah, so uh, new Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, introduced today, and uh, here's what he had to say about Josh McDaniels. It starts with he's very smart. He's very smart. Taught me the game of football basically in the NFL, uh, but he cares, too, about the game. Like He cares about winning. You could really tell just talking to him that winning is important to him, and I wouldn't say that's true about everyone in the NFL. So when you do get an opportunity like that, I mean, it's hard to pass up. So this got us to thinking for our jury duty topic today. Which quarterback is set up to have the better individual season in their first year with their new team, Jimmy G in the, with the Raiders or Derek Carr with the Saints. Amber, the floor is yours. I'm going to start here with Jimmy Garoppolo. Shouldn't there have been a sound effect? Didn't she jump all over the sound effect? <laughs> yeah, that's you got to score. I didn't that jump all her. over it. It didn't happen, did it? I don't think yes, I jumped all started, over it. You started talking, so I, you know, I was just going to let yeah. you go. You just oh, kind of steamrolled right. well, me a little deduct bit. Deduct one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I got to be honest with you. My dog's in here. He's crying. He's whining to go out of the room that I'm in. He doesn't seem to understand that I am on live radio and that I cannot get up to just suit his <laughs> needs whenever he so chooses, since he chose to come into the room in which I do radio. He doesn't seem to understand commercial breaks. So I'm trying to talk oh. over his crying and whining so that y'all don't hear it. Let's it doesn't get, bleed through. Get, Nevertheless. Let's and get Sisters, you can rule in my favor. Let's, this one's let's already get done. Focused here. Let's get focused. No, no, but that's the thing is, is you Order guys need court. to know that I am playing through these distractions, right? Which makes my job much harder. So if I pull off this argument, there should be some added points because of that. Time Jimmy limit, Garoppolo please. is going to have the better individual season. I don't trust the weapons in New Orleans. I don't trust the weapons in New Orleans to stay healthy. I don't trust Michael Thomas to ever be 2000, Mike, 2019 Michael Thomas ever again, who I do trust in that respect is Devontae Adams. And I trust Devontae Adams in another year here in Josh McDaniel's system. Devontae Adams has called Josh McDaniel's offense the most complicated offense he's ever been part of. We know that that was apparently part of the problem with Derek Carr, and Josh McDaniels alluded to it that Carr couldn't pick up his playbook very easily. Enter the guy who spent three years with that playbook. Even though he only threw 94 passes when he was there in New England, he spent time behind the scenes getting to know Josh McDaniels' offense when he was there. McDaniels has a familiarity with Garoppolo and obviously felt comfortable that Garoppolo is a quarterback that is suited to come in 
in and relearn his system. It'll be interesting to see what Garoppolo looks like outside the Kyle Shanahan bubble, but the Shanahan bubble wasn't actually where Garoppolo started, although it's where he spent a whole lot of time as a starter and has six years under his belt as a true starter. Now he has Devontae Adams. Now he has the weapons around him in Las Vegas. Now he's the guy, and I think he's going to thrive with a coach that he has that familiarity with. And also, by the way, a coach that, frankly, this season feels a little bit like he's playing for his job because at least last season – Derek Carr can be the fall guy. Nobody's going to be the fall guy for Josh McDaniels. If this goes south in Las Vegas for McDaniels, that's probably a wrap for him in terms of opportunities to ever be a head coach again. He's got to make this work. He's got to make this work with Jimmy Garoppolo. Floor is yours, Joe. Decent argument. And I think this is a pretty solid conversation because there's good points to be made for both guys being in favorable situations. I am on the car side in New Orleans. I start with this. Derek Carr spent his entire career with a Raiders franchise that just, shall we say, wasn't very consistent. A lot of different head coaches, a lot of different general managers, a lot of different players. Hell, they didn't even stay in the same city. They relocated to Las Vegas. They are the most inconsistent of teams during that tenure. He's now in a position where he gets to start fresh. And I don't think he rushed into it and took the Saints because it was the first offer or even the best offer. I think what he was looking for was a situation where he could just win games and have some consistency. I'm going to back Carr and the research he put into this because there were several teams that were interested. Several. And he chose New Orleans. He gets to play indoors. He gets to avoid cold weather. He's in a division where he'll play the Panthers and the Falcons and the Buccaneers. He does have Michael Thomas and Chris Olave at his disposal. Amber's right. We haven't seen seen a lot from Michael Thomas in the last couple years, but let's imagine Michael Thomas is healthy and can come back to play. I'm not going to say he's the best receiver in the league, but alongside Chris Olavi, that's a nice little weapon for Derek Carr, who also, by the way, is going to have Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, who not only runs but catches, and they just signed Jamal Williams, who used to be with Detroit. There's some good weapons there. There's a favorable schedule. He's reunited with Dennis Allen, who was the head coach in Oakland when he was drafted by the Raiders. I think the spot sets up very nicely for him. Truth be told, I think Garoppolo's in a pretty favorable spot, too. I think there's a lot he has to overcome with the Raiders as they're still trying to find their way. But overall, I would give the edge to Derek Carr. I think he picked the Saints for a reason because he saw Matthew Stafford rejuvenate his career with a new team, and he's going to try to do something similar. Oddly enough, uh, we have a split jury here in the control room today. Um, I'm a Chiefs fan, and I hate the Raiders, and Cam is a Falcons fan, and he hates the Saints. Mm. So, uh, because I'm the producer of the show... Yeah, You're just supposed to rule based on who no, had the better fine. argument, not like where your fan affinity lies. Yeah. yeah, you said the quiet part out loud there. Oh, uh, well, Joe wins because I don't what? like the Raiders. <laughs> what crud is that? I have to. You and I really have to start factoring these things in in the pre-show meeting when like we come up with these topics and then we decide you know who's hot where what's the best possible way to set this up for a good discussion for our listeners because the listeners come first but what has to come second is James's predilections and his, his biases and all this other stuff I mean yesterday I got in his head way too easily at the beginning of that thing way too easily and then today he just comes storming in and it's yeah I hate the Raiders so we'll go with Carr who was a Raider as the as the Grail Knight said in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Amber chose poorly. So uh, I did not choose poorly. Uh, I, what I will say about 
the situation that Carr finds himself in is when Joe talks about the division because Carr does find himself in a much easier path to get to a postseason than Jimmy Garoppolo does. I would say that that's the, that that's the biggest strength there. Yes. Kamara. Yes. Olave. He's got some weapons there in new Orleans, but I do think that that's probably the biggest factor is maybe the team's success, but we were talking about individual success, individual success. I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo might end up being better than people realize Jimmy Garoppolo is. This will be the opportunity for Garoppolo to make it or break it though, because so much of Garoppolo is like, oh, he's a system quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's system. So we'll see. We'll see if it was the system or if Garoppolo has more talent than maybe we give him credit for. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, where does Aaron Rodgers rank among AFC quarterbacks? We're going to get into it. This is ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Furley Dickinson up right now on one seed. Purdue, a close game, 52 to 50 in the second. Still about eight minutes to go, but up on a one seed the entire game basically joe this one is tight you would have figured that a lot of big time programs when faced with a small school that's given them a problem in the first half they go into the locker room they reassess they come out and they truck the other team look no further than uconn just a couple hours ago they were down to rick patino and iona at the half it was very tight game they come out in the second half and they absolutely put it on them and here we are in this matchup between number one Purdue and number 16 Fairleigh Dickinson, under eight minutes to play, East Region, Fairleigh Dickinson by two at the moment. Fascinating television right now to see a number one possibly go down. What, five years and one day to the day when the first ever went down, and that was Virginia five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to a 16 seed. So we will certainly keep you updated there between FDU and Purdue. Uh, Chris Canty. He is the host of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Sometimes he hosts Greeny. He was doing that today, but he was also on Get Up. It's very confusing. Canty's kind of a little bit of everywhere. And on Get Up earlier today, he had a list because that's one of the things that we do here at ESPN. And who doesn't love a good old list? And Chris Canty's list got us talking because Chris Canty gave us a list of AFC quarterbacks ranked the top five. And this is assuming that Aaron Rodgers finds himself in the AFC as the quarterback of the New York Jets. And surprisingly, Canty does not have Aaron Rodgers as part of the top five quarterbacks in the AFC if he joins the New York Jets. Here's Chris Canty's best quarterbacks in the AFC 
as we enter next season's list. Patrick Mahomes at one, Joe Burrow at two, Josh Allen at three, Justin Herbert at four, Trevor Lawrence at five. Joe, do you agree with this list? Are you knocking anybody off? Does Aaron Rodgers make an appearance? Okay, I I do not agree, but I also want to make something clear. Um, I do very much respect the opinion of Chris Canty. I don't why, think why he are throws. We sucking it. up so much. To I don't want to. I don't want to suck up. I just want to make. I know that there are some people that try to get a rise out of people, and then I know there are people that that don't necessarily do that. I don't think Canty's trying to do that. So I want to make that clear. Carlin, mm-hmm. on the other hand, yeah, he would absolutely do something like this. There you go. Classic yeah, troll job. Just- <laughs> Wouldn't even bring it onto the show to address his list of five. Wouldn't even cross my mind. Now, back to the serious list that is the Chris <laughs> Canty list. I don't see how you would put Herbert and Lawrence above Rodgers. Now, he's obviously projecting a little bit more into the future. That's fine. If we're going to talk about next season, it's not like we can sit here and say, well, Rodgers has won four MVPs. What does that matter going into next year with the Jets? I get that. I just think that with these two, number one, Herbert is a bit overrated in my opinion. For some reason, I don't know if it's because he plays for the loser Chargers or what, for some reason he avoids scrutiny at almost every turn. Probably because other people are worthy of more scrutiny in that organization, but he seems to skirt it at every turn. And Lawrence, while I loved what he did last year, had an awful rookie season. So I'd like to see a little bit more, although I'm very bullish on Jacksonville this year. Rodgers would be four for me. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, then Rodgers above Herbert and Lawrence. That's how I would stack it. I would also That's how I would have, correct it. And I would also have Aaron Rodgers. And listen, I'm not one to speak fondly of Aaron Rodgers often uh, with, uh, with what he has put us through as a country here over the last uh, two years, really, that we've been dealing with Aaron Rodgers deciding on his future. Nevertheless, I cannot put Trevor Lawrence ahead of Aaron Rodgers based so far on Trevor Lawrence's resume. Now, I also am bullish on the Jacksonville Jags as we head into next season and the season after and the season after. I think the future is bright for that team. I think they certainly have put the money around Trevor Lawrence and they continue to do so. They show him commitment. He is the guy. He told us that this past season. He also told us that particularly in the second half of this past season, we were all very high on Trevor Lawrence. We finally saw why he was the number one pick. And I think that we all feel like he's got the right coach. That organization generally is going the right direction. All of that being said, it's all a direction it's headed. Like it ain't there yet Aaron Rodgers has done it you know Aaron Rodgers resume is I've been there and done that Trevor Lawrence's resume is I'm going to be there one day and maybe going to do that so I'm not going to put him on a list instead of Aaron Rodgers even if Aaron Rodgers is in a different uniform Justin Herbert I have a similar analysis now I don't think that Justin Herbert's overrated like you think Justin Herbert is I do think you have something against the Chargers I feel like I've noticed that over our time together I don't know if it's your time in San Diego you've got some sort of thing against the Los Angeles Chargers they just waste everybody's time the problem is it should be a problem everyone has the Chargers waste everybody's time every year there's this thought that they're going to do something and every year they don't they just waste our collective time as a nation. We got other things we got to solve. We got a banking crisis. We got inflation. (laughs) We got issues all over the place. We don't need the Chargers coming into the season, trying to make some case that they're going to do something, and then they don't. They just waste our time. That's my problem with them. 
And at some point, time's going to be up for Justin Herbert in terms of him getting a pass with any of that. But I think it's because Justin Herbert's individual performances have been so good in his career that people tend to rate him highly and then also sort of, yeah, give him a pass because they're like, oh, well, it's not his fault. The Chargers are charging, which is kind of just what that team ends up doing. But I don't think that Justin Herbert deserves to be ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I understand that Aaron Rodgers, we're talking totally new team, but I don't really buy into the philosophy that that erases the the multi-MVPs. Like, that doesn't erase the Super Bowl. It doesn't erase the success. Yes, it's not the same team that he won a Super Bowl with a decade ago, but it wouldn't be if he stayed in Green Bay either. So what are we doing? Like, he's still a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's still got a Super Bowl MVP. He's still got three other NFL MVPs on his resume, a four-time overall MVP. Like, none of that gets erased just because you change uniform. You can't take away the last two decades from Aaron Rodgers. Not erased. No, it's got to be factored in, but you do have to project. I feel like a lot of times we set these lists up and we talk about how here's how the AFC quarterback picture sets up if Rodgers lands. And then we only want to go on people's resumes and not project it all into the future. Well, then you can never bring the young guys into the equation. You can't bring Herbert in. You can't bring Lawrence in because they haven't done anything at all. We're really just waiting people's resumes. Then it's just a resume contest. So if that's the case, you put Rodgers ahead of Joe Burrow and probably put him right behind Patrick Mahomes. You're right. We've got to factor some of it in because we can't just erase all of it. But at the same time, we also have to project the fact that Rodgers seems to be trending down. He would be going to the Jets. He said it himself. He was 90% close to retiring. I'm fascinated to see what his mindset's going to be because they say that about fighters all the time. When mm-hmm. a fighter ta- ta- starts talking about how he had contemplated retirement, you can't bet on that fighter. That all fighter's fighters head and heart that- is not where it needs to be. Fighters do that every other fight. That would mean you could never bet on a fighter. Fighters uh, retire like boxers appear, boxers specifically retire like five times in their career before they actually ever retire. Yeah, the okay, so what you're talking about also has a point when you're talking about like the Shane Moseys of the world. Yes. Once we see that first retirement, then we start to realize it's more about the payday than anything oh. else. Huh. And that's when you also do not do not bet on those fighters. Yeah, that's we another, just went, that's we just went down a wormhole of, of boxing analysis. Let's go back yeah, but to football. You for talking a second fighting. Here. I, look I at love that. it. I told you I used to be I used to be a big fighting fan, particularly a big boxing fan. But anyway, get you like, out here for UFC either this uh, summer or next uh, fall. We got two huge cards in Vegas the rest it. of the way out. Hey, listen up, bosses. Are these mics on? Listen up. Yeah. Uh, send me out to Vegas for anything. Uh, at any point, even if it's just to, like have dinner with Joe on a Tuesday. Like, let's go. Vegas uh, Hotel, you and your husband, you can shower as much as you want. You can throw your <laughs> towels everywhere. People will clean them up for you. You don't have to have any problems. The town is about hospitality. The last couple of days, I've only taken two showers a day because now you guys have guilted me into this idea that... Three is oh, only completely absurd. So well, now, it, yeah. yes. So now I, I have I've reduced my showering uh, to two. I hope you guys are happy. So Lamar Jackson not on this list, by the way. Lamar Jackson, as of right now, is still an AFC quarterback. So that's interesting. You and I didn't even bring up Lamar Jackson when we were talking about top five quarterbacks in yeah. the AFC. This is interesting for, for, for Canty here because he's got Lawrence and Herbert on there and he wants to leave Rodgers off. Okay, he's not officially there yet, but I guess, you know, Jackson is still in the AFC. So I wonder on one hand, is he just kind of keeping Jackson off the list until he can figure out what the future looks like? Or does he truly not believe he's one of the six best? Or if he has him above Rodgers, I guess he could rank him six. That's interesting. Because, you know, he's got that MVP and he's, I mean, the splits of what the Ravens do offensively 
with Jackson versus without are just remarkable. It feels like any other player, especially in like the NBA, oh, here's what they do with Steph Curry, here's what they do without. Yeah, Steph's awesome. Same with Giannis, these, these on-off splits. The on-off splits for Lamar Jackson are fascinating, and yet no one ever wants to highlight that's the reason why he's so great. It's just, I don't know. You know what? We'll have to talk to Canty about that. There, there's some questions there. There's some Will follow-ups that need on, to be asked. Would you have him on your top five? In I mean, the AFC only... next season? Yeah. Okay, so Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen are there definitely. I think, I think we all agree five. on those, although what's sure. interesting is you can make an argument against Josh Allen. I think you can. At, at number all three, right, anyways. Like some people are Well, some people are down on Josh Allen because there was accuracy issues. There has been accuracy issues, including this past season. Like That dude throws a lot of interceptions. And then also, you know, disappointing in the postseason that we're coming off of. So there's that. The expectations for that team are Super Bowl, and he hasn't gotten it done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still well, very high. I would still have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. That that, that for me not, would be the. That's best not how that works. You don't get to come in there. I, I do. Crop dust Josh Allen, and then just be like, yeah, yeah, no, it's not me. It's just all these other people. It's well, the you gotta cite your sources. I can argue, I can argue for or against Lexus anything. Nexus. Lexus Nexus. I'm gonna need you to cite your sources, okay? <laughs> Lexus Nexus. What was the other one called? Uh, Westlaw. Westlaw, yeah. God, those are awful days. Those are such awful days. <laughs> but we, now we there's Westlaw next. It works like Google. Anyways, I digress, Joe. Just know <laughs> that technology has advanced in the legal world since you were once in it. So Mahomes, <laughs> Burrow, Allen, I think you and I can agree on those three. Both you and I are saying that we probably would put Aaron Rodgers at something like four if he, in fact, was in the AFC. So then who gets five? It's got to be Lamar. It's got to be Lamar. So Lamar you just Lamar's, take Herbert Lam- and Lawrence off the list. Yeah, I, don't, I got no problem with that. I, I like those guys, but I, I see more flaws. Are there more flaws in Lamar's game or just in Herbert's game? Right. I mean, are there more flaws? Trevor Lawrence, let's remember something. Trevor Lawrence, while he played a very good second half second against half. the Chargers, he had a lousy first half. Then he went to Kansas City the following week and didn't do anything in that game. Mahomes went down. A competent team is able to start converting on third down. They're able to move the ball down the field. He couldn't do anything. So before we start throwing Lawrence and Herbert up there above Lamar Jackson, let's remember what their brief postseasons have looked right. like. Right, that's true. They also haven't gotten anything done in the postseason. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, it is your turn to weigh in. What do you think of that about that list? Any of your takes that you want to get off your chest? We are here for you. Triple eight, say ESPN eight eight eight. Seven two nine three seven seven six. Coming up next, we open up the phone lines. It's Caller Roulette here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. March Madness hasn't been a ton of madness today, but maybe it is madness coming our way, or more of it, anyways. Fairly Dickinson right now up on Purdue. That is a 16 seed over a one seed, 56 to 53 with just over two minutes left in this game, Joe. More like Purdue, am I right? <laughs> That's the joke right there. Also, Drake up five on Miami. We might be turning this little cold streak around, although probably shouldn't have said that. There's still 20 minutes to play as they're at the half, but I can get at least a little bit excited. Get it on. Seven seconds left on the shot clock here for Purdue. A buck 44 to play. Fairly Dickinson by three. These, this is the shortest team in the entire dance going against Zach Eady, the player of the year who's like 40 feet tall. 
Shocking to me that this is how it's going to play. Absolutely shocking. But this sets up real well for the Memphis FAU winner. If Fairleigh Dickinson wins this, Memphis FAU, that winner's obviously going to Sweet 16. I shouldn't discount Fairleigh Dickinson like that. I'm getting ahead of myself. You are getting ahead of yourself. Let me rewind. We would have have discounted them against Purdue, and yet here they are. They've been leading basically this entire game. I mean, it's been a tight one, but they have been leading the entire game. Uh, Edie, you mentioned he has 21 points, 15 boards. So he has showed up in this game and yet FDU still up on Purdue right now by three points you mentioned Drake Miami Drake up on Miami five points 30 to 25 at the half uh, Gonzaga over Grand Canyon right now 40 to 3 to 38 and Kentucky over Providence right now 46 to 38 we'll keep you updated but we got to try to make you some money so Joe let's get to it pizza money alert pizza pizza this game is tomorrow, Saturday, at I believe 2.40 p.m. Eastern. It's very simple. The Tennessee Volunteers plus 3.5 over the Duke Blue Devils. This is what I like to call a spike bet. I've been betting against Duke for quite some time. I've been losing for quite some time. I'm betting on Tennessee solely to spite Duke. I have no analytics. I have no metrics. I have no breakdowns. I have no rosters. I have no angles. I have no trap spots, weak spots, look-ahead spots, injury reports. I got nothing. Great analysis by you. It is a spike bet, Tennessee, plus three and a half over Duke. Do this is going to be the one will. that you get right because you're not putting any thought into it whatsoever. Right. It's just swing easy, right? When you stop thinking about golf, that's when your game becomes its best. <laughs> I hate you. 13 black odd, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. We're about to open up the phone lines to you. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. This is your time to chime in to Joe and Amber. We'll see if Purdue can get in the zone. Purdue right now not in the zone. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson up 56-53 to over Purdue, but we'll see if Purdue can get back in the zone and beat FDU. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's get to it. Let's spin that wheel. Blues. Blues is in Wisconsin. Blues, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Love the show. Um, Amber, you're on the bench for this one. I picked this out specifically just because I think it's funny. WrestleMania-related. So, Joe, James, which is the more impressive feat? WrestleMania 4, all picking up the giant over his head, or 42, with uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey picking up Triple H. What do you guys think? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and that's an excellent question, thank you, Blues, for the call. James, wasn't Hogan slamming the giant WrestleMania three? Yes, it was WrestleMania three. Yes, yeah. really, right, so, guys. Yeah, we really, make sure we get that. You one want to right. prolong fine, this fine. analysis? We, do. we yes. want history. It's, the answer is be... Ronda Rousey. Okay, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm more impressed. I'm sorry, by that. Blues said you were on the bench for this one, bench. so you know. Bench has no voice. Bench can wave a towel if you would like. You can wave a towel, but you just have to go pick it up off the floor. I'm sure there's one right nearby. Clearly, Uh, James, why don't you take the answer? Go ahead. Clearly, it's it's Hogan (laughs) lifting the giant over his head and slamming him at WrestleMania three. I would have to agree with that as well. Ronda's feet Sounds physically, you guys got to be honest. Ronda's feet was physically <laughs> more impressive. Physically, I will give her that credit. But from a go. cultural standpoint, the Hogan slam of the giant changed everything in the wrestling world. 
absolutely everything. That is the catalyst for everything that came next. Hogan slamming the giant. So I would say Ronda's feet more physically impressive, but from Mm -hmm. a grander scale of wrestling as a whole, the Hogan slamming the giant moment meant more to the sport in general. Without Hogan slamming the giant, Rousey never slams Triple H. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, all they would have to have done is script it so that she still did. Why don't you go pick that towel up? Like, oh, that's a big three FDU, right there. FDU Huge is three. FDU, Woo! is it still 61-56 is the score I'm 61, seeing, 61-56, right? 3 to go. Purdue jammed up. Down five with the ball, a minute three to go. They're going to call timeout here. Fe- oh, oh get wet. What a shot. 16 seed over a one seed so far. Let's spin the wheel. Adam, Adam is in Nashville. Adam, go ahead. All right, so I got, I got one for you guys tonight just because I hear you talking about these quarterbacks, top five, this and that, and the Titans are so far away from even a sniff in that conversation. So what is which, which team collegiately, professionally, I don't care, in the state of Tennessee is going to bring me a championship first? Who do I need to be pulling for right now? Because I feel like I'm like 30 years away from any type of happiness when it comes to this. I won't okay, great question. I mean, that it's a good question. Um, I would say though, like you know, the Titans did seem like they were very close for quite a few years there, Joe. And it feels like maybe that window is finally closed. So they're shopping Derrick Henry around a little bit, but the, it's not like the Titans haven't had a good run here. They've been sitting atop the AFC for years. Vrabel's been incredible, so I would yes. say don't check out on him. But they might be going through a rebuild. Can the we Vols talk about? The were better this year than 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 I, obviously they were expected to be. They They're seem moving to be trending in the right, the right direction. direction. Also, what about Vanderbilt baseball? Haters. It feels like Vanderbilt baseball is always pretty relevant. I don't I don't know enough about it to fully commit, but I feel like Vanderbilt baseball might be what delivers for you. Not sure that's the answer he was looking for, but I Probably like not. it. I'm going to rely on you for your expertise there. Do you have a quick update on this game? Uh, I'm just staring at it right now. Up 5-104. Coming off the timeout. Coming off the timeout. Okay, Purdue looks shook. The Purdue, they look shook. Purdue still up 61-56. They're at the line right now. Purdue. And they are shook. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.